Welcome to Rock Writes, where writers rock. I'm Katrina. And I'm Sheila. We're heading into our second episode. Hey, look at us, we're already veterans. And yet, I realized in our first episode that we didn't actually say much about what Rock Writes actually is. Forgive us, we're rookies at this. But we'll get the hang of it. Our wonderful authors are really the central focus. So Rock Writes is all about Rochester, New York area authors. We're not super strict about the geography, so this includes much of the nearby Finger Lakes region. As long as you identify with Rochester or Canandaigua being your closest and primary city, you're the author for us. This episode, we will be talking to a local YA author who writes about real issues that teenagers face. And in this case, it's about teen suicide. This is a topic that I already find personally scary. I have a child who at one point will be a teenager. And when you read stories about young kids feeling this dark within their lives, it's troubling. Appearances can be deceiving, and our next author explores these topics and more in her new book. So let's welcome Kimberly Gore, a.k.a. K.L. Gore, to the show. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Great, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, she is a Rochester area YA author, writer, and freelance editor. Uh, Kim has some pretty cool cred. She was previously editor-in-chief for the Rochester Literary Magazine Imprint Journal, created scripts for the syndicated radio show Magic of the 80s, as well as radio commercials for Lakeville Jewelers. She also currently facilitates a local writers group that produces an annual Halloween anthology, which is totally awesome, since I love Halloween. Um, (laughs) And Kim has also even written a play that's been performed on stage. Um, So if you'd like to know more about Kim, because there's more to learn about Kim, um, you can find her um, on our website at rockwrites.com. And so, oh, there's another thing that you should know about Kim. She can be occasionally bribed with chocolate. Can't we all? <laughs> I can be bribed with wine, too. Oh, nice for you. So, okay, so while we'll be focusing more on her latest YA book, Seven Little Secrets, um, you she's written some other books, right? Correct. Yep. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about them? Like, are they all YA as well? Um, the ones I've written, I've done under a couple of different, different pen names. One is K.G. Wayner, and it's my middle grade novels. That are, um, there's one for Amy and Tracy. There's one called a Theodore Evans. So there's a boy book and a girl book for middle grade. And there's also some adult books that I wrote under Katrina Kissinger. I have a lot of names. A lot oh. of names. <laughs> but um, my YA is my heart. That's where my heart is. And this book is my first published credential there, but we do have okay. some coming out too. So um, that have been written. So uh, I've already written many, many, many of them, but they just haven't been out yet. Okay, gotcha. So, um, so as we, so we, I want to talk a little bit more about your new book coming out at the end of the show. But um, mm-hmm. can you tell us, you know, a little bit about um, how you started writing? Sure. Um, actually, I've always liked to write, but I think what really changed my way of looking at writing, and especially with young adult novels, is Christopher Pike because when I was around 13, 14, my mother gave me some Christopher Pike books and I was started reading them and realized, wow, kids don't have to be goody goodies in these stories. They can be really real people. They can be nasty and they could kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was so amusing to me. I said, this is crazy. I want to write something like this. And that's when I started penning novels that would never see the light of day, but they needed to be done. They needed to get my creative energy out there and then I started to learn how to to make them better and stronger 
And the part that really solidified me wanting to be a writer was when I was in college and I was in theater. I was involved in theater and I decided to write a play. And I wrote this play and one of my friends thought and said, you should have the college put that on. And I had to go ahead and present the project to the college and they gave me some money to put it on with and it, 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 we actually had it performed. And people came out of there crying and it's exactly the response I was hoping to get. They laughed during the funny parts just like I wanted and they cried at the end and people were coming out of there just tears streaming down their face and I said, I did that. I made them miserable. <laughs> That's awesome because it's got to be so like, yes, I'm legit. Yes, I really yeah. felt like I did something powerful. I did, I created emotion in people yeah. through my words. And that's when I said to myself, I want to do this forever. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And that's how it really began. So Christopher Pike kind of started off, kickstarted it with all the murdering kids. And, and then it continued with just, um, I didn't, I took the murder out, but I, you know, definitely had some about life, you know, and relationships. That's what I really yeah. like to write about. I was also addicted to Christopher Pike, so I get you. <laughs> I know. He's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Okay, so when was your first book released? I released um, Seven Little Secrets just recently. I would say uh, maybe August of last year. I'm trying to remember. But I released it, and I did a, a release party, and it was fun. It was a really a great time to see my work out there and people starting to realize that I really had legitimately written something versus just talking about it. That was nice. And... <laughs> So I ended up um, rewriting it a little bit afterwards. Um, my sister helped me with the editing on a lot of it. And I had an agent, a literary agent, who really helped me rework it, which was really, I mean. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. It, it got to the point where it was just, she she did a phenomenal job helping me through three of my books. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, what? So as you're writing this, so what, so what obstacles did you have to overcome, do you think, to write the book and get the book published? You know, what was your biggest struggle as a writer? What has been your biggest struggle as a writer? I've got to tell you, um, actually trying to get traditionally published is one of the most difficult things because I had so many close calls. I had close calls with HarperCollins. I had close calls with Engler. I had so many close calls, and yet... I didn't have enough of a professional platform for them to really keep me and some and, and try to work with me. So I ended up um, self-publishing my own work. And now I don't think I'd go back because I have a lot of friends who've decided, and they had traditionally published books, and they weren't making any money on them. When they yeah. started to self-publish, that's when they started bringing in their own money and bringing some money in. Because you keep all the royalties, most yeah. of them anyway, most of them, exactly. yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, also, you can really, I mean, you still need to get it looked at by people who know what they're talking about, and you right. still want to get the critiques and everything else, but really, your own design is your own design. You don't have to change it for somebody else's needs, you know? Right. I totally Yeah, because every, yeah, everybody's subjective and yeah. has mm -hmm. different opinions about how you should change this or that, but if you really want to tell your true story, yeah. Yeah, and so this book has been... I wrote this book years and years ago. It may, I would say eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. And I wrote it before 13 Reasons Why came out. And when I had a friend read it, he said, 
you better look at this other book because they have a, something about a, a someone who took their own life and, and that story revolves around that person. It sounds similar. So I read it because I had to know and make sure that my book didn't sound the same. Yeah. And thank the good Lord it didn't. Thank goodness it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, small miracle. Because you hear all the time about people saying, oh, that was my book. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. Yeah. Luckily, yeah, luckily Jay Asher did not take my entire... And you wrote it first anyway, so I that's did. all that matters. Did. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Even though he did write a darn good book. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to read it sometime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So Seven Little Secrets deals with teenage suicide to go off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you hope people will take away from your book, or how do you hope it will, like what kind of impact will it have? Well, um, one thing I think that teenagers seem to have um, issues with is just that they're feeling like everyone's looking at them and everyone's watching them all the time, and really everybody's kind of more self-centered than that. They aren't really paying attention to what they're doing. They're paying attention to what the, they're the, they themselves are doing. Meantime, we're all looking at these other people thinking, oh, there's Mary down the road. She's got everything. She's got a perfect life. She's always smiling. She's always happy. But really, we don't know that Mary's got a lot of issues underneath that lie beneath the surface that she's just not sharing with everybody. It's just not anyone else's business. So in my book, my character, Natalie, has the same kind of life. People think she's just a little bitch and she's just an, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's got but she's got it all she's got the beauty she's got the brains everything and they can't understand why did she take her life right but underneath everything underneath her facade is a, a really hurt girl and she couldn't have what she wanted she couldn't get to where she wanted to be and she saw no other option but throughout the story, the other girls, and you see the characters, it's written from different perspectives. So we have a different voice for each chapter and a different character speaking um, so that we can get to know Natalie through a different personality each time you read a little bit of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you slowly piece together who Natalie was, even though Natalie is not directly her story, her, her own story. She does not say in the book. She's, she's dead when the book starts. So... Mm-hmm. The other girls explain their own stories, their own turmoils, their own secrets, we learn, that spill from their lips. And slowly we start to understand more about Natalie and the relationship she had with the girls that were her friends on the cheerleading squad called the Janes. Yeah, now he makes me want to read it. It sounds pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It sounds very relevant, too. Just kind of like, you don't really know anybody's story. So you shouldn't judge people, you know? Exactly. Yep. And then they they kind of learn that at the end, you know, I'm hoping that the message is at the very end is that the person who wants to end their life doesn't have to take that lone path. There's so many different other paths they can take that will lead them in a different direction if they only can see a little more clearly that there are other ways to go about their lives. And I'm hoping this book helps people see that, that they can go on with their life in a different way. It may not be the same way. It may be challenging. It may be scary. But it is a way that they can move on. And I know it's, this is a little more deeper because depression lies very deep in people. And it's, it's not as simple as, oh, I am having a bad day. There's so mm-hmm. many different components to it. So I don't want to make it sound like it's not a huge deal. It's a gigantic deal. But to each person, 
um, there's limits, and some people have lower limits than others. Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, like Sheila said, it's really relevant just because as the country kind of puts a focus on mental health, mm-hmm. um, you know, and our, our teenagers and the suicide rate, I believe it was, it's gone up, you know, mm-hmm. in the last, I don't know how many years, I don't have stats or anything, but, right. you know, um, so yeah, definitely relevant to what's going on in this country, in this world. And so, yeah, yes. I want to read it. Definitely. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, Okay, so well, now that we've gotten to know you a little bit, um, we're going to get into uh, we're going to get to know you really well with our quirky cues, which we're calling okay. in honor of our me and Sheila had like this previous inc- incarnation as host of a literary YouTube show, um, and we were kind of silly in it. But anyways, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we wanted to kind of carry that over because that's how we got started um so so we're going to kind of tag team this and alternate as we pick through our favorite questions we have like okay. a huge list and maybe we'll get through most of them some of them um did you have um a passage at the end that you were going to read i could read something short sure okay. if you have the time mm-hmm. okay cool sounds good okay so i sheila you can start with the first question okay um what do you drink when you're writing <laughs> i Oh my gosh, I'm I'm seriously a tea toddler because I drink tea. That's what I do. I like my my nice cup of tea. It's a, a nice mint tea is nice, but you know. <laughs> do you put anything in your tea? No, I don't even do the sugar. Is that bad? <laughs> oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I don't even. I just I just honey. make. Well, well, honey is nice too, but I just don't think of it. I just make my tea and I sit down and then it goes cold and I have to warm it up in the microwave like 50 times because I forget to drink it. But yeah, I do. I like to, but you know, I, and I have to go back to the chocolate again. I have to have my chocolate nearby too. So. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll go into the next one. Um, do you, oh, this is one I wanted to ask you. Do you read the last page of a book before you finish reading it? No, I couldn't okay. do that. <laughs> so okay, so and a second question to this, since you said no, is do you judge people who do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How rotten of them! <laughs> and, and you both I've heard people deep. get really mad about this. <laughs> well, I, I think that um, it, it, a lot of times the last page doesn't give you much information, anyways. Yeah. It really doesn't. It, it's not even going to ruin the book for for people. I think it's kind of cute, actually, that pe- some people just can't wait to see what's going to happen at the end, so they have to read it. I don't yeah, really have a problem me. with that. Part. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just seriously, I. You know, I don't even like seeing what gifts people got. I don't. I never peeked at my Christmas gifts before I got them. You I like surprises. Okay, you were good. Yeah. yeah. yeah I like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I always need to know who's alive at the end, or if oh, that couple got together or something. Definitely. You know. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> we're <All> cheaters. <laughs> yeah, well, that's romantic. That's a romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, um, what book world would you like to live in and why? Oh, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Alice Through the Looking Glass. When oh, yeah. I was a teenager and I read that book, I can't tell you how many times I tried to slide through my mirror. I really oh. thought it could happen. I wanted it to so badly. I would just sit there looking at the opposite side of my room and wonder what it would be like if everything was opposite. And it was just <laughs> coolest feeling and I think that to this day if I could just look through my mirror into my room but have it different 
I mean, just everything be a little bit different. That would be the neatest world to be able to visit. Not to say, Weren't you scared of the Jabberwocky? No, that Jabberwocky was nothing but a little poem. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila's also a huge fan of Alice in Wonderland. I oh, am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kindred spirits. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you like to, you you know, you said YA is kind of close to your heart, and that's why you like to write it. Is it also your favorite genre to read? It is. It really is. I love reading it. Um, and I know there's a lot of um, young adult novels that I have not enjoyed because they're hmm. just, I really, I mean, there's a lot that I've liked, but a lot that I've, like the overly romantic, I'm not really into. I have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe because I didn't have that type of relationship when I was a teenager so to me it seems so fantastical right but um, but I do love I love anything that's got um, contemporary characters that are kind of quirky and different I mm -hmm. love them so yeah what's like a, a like what's one of your favorites off the top of your head if you can think of it oh um, oh geez there's so many <laughs> But I'll tell you one that's a middle grade that I love that I think that has not gotten enough, um, enough publicity really is is Ellen Potter's books of Al Olivia Kidney. I don't know if, I, if you've even I've heard, of, heard it. of it. No. Oh my gosh, Olivia Kidney books are the best middle grade books, and I read them because they're so they're so well written. Any of her books, any of Ellen Potter's books, they're hmm. so creative, and they're I can't believe I I honestly have to say this, and I should be careful what I say because I know there's a lot of you know Rowling fans but I think that she's a better writer than any of the, any of her books are better than the Harry Potter series really yeah hmm. they're so intriguing and interesting I they pull me in so I think she Ellen Potter is one of my favorite writers for children's books in wow. general that is high praise it is yeah really, we're gonna have to check that. this out <laughs> oh my gosh and I she has not gotten enough kudos because she's a terrific writer yeah, definitely. She's going to have to want, look at that one if she's better than Rowling. <laughs> oh, I, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, you no, I know. So, but I think so. I love her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Awesome>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you're writing, what is your favorite font? Oh, my gosh. Anything I can read. <laughs> I just want to be able to read it. Like some of the italics, I sit there and go, what the heck? So um, I... I you know, and it's funny because I do like kind of like there's one called Chalk Dust, Chalk Duster that I've used in my book that's just so much fun. I oh, like that one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah they're fun, and I love those. Um, but I want something that I can – if I'm going to read the whole book of it, I want it to be Times Roman or something that, you know, I can I can read without a problem. Yeah. Okay, so if you could have another profession other than like writing and editing, what would it be in another lifetime? Oh my gosh, um, I would love to be a therapist. <laughs> so tell me your problems, I'll help you out. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, wanted to do that, and, but my mother talked me out of being a psychologist at one time that I was thinking about it. Because she's like, you know, you have to go to, to college for like eight years. Yeah, it's a long time. What? No. <laughs> And that was the end of that dream. So, yeah. Now I would have. I wish I had done it. I wish I had gone back and and, and I could go back in a time and, and and do that because I think that I would have enjoyed it enough to have dealt with eight years if I had to go through that entire period. Right. Right. 
but writing is awesome too. <laughs> yes, that's another way of, you know, kind of myself there. Understanding characters and helping yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you listen to anything when you write? I can't listen to anything. I can't put music on. I can't have any background noise. Even when my cat meows, I get upset because I just need silence. Because I really need to get into that world. And once I'm in that world, I get so involved in it that sometimes my kids will come up behind me and say something, and I'll jump like 10 feet in the air. I won't even realize where I was. <laughs> I'll forget that I was at home. And I'm like, oh, what's happening? Where am I? And, but it's, it's a wonderful feeling because you can just fall into a story. I'm like that when I read, too. I fall into the story, and I don't like to have any background noise when I'm doing it. Yeah, that's the best part of it, falling into it. Yeah. Forgetting everything else. Yes, lovely. Um, so maybe one more question, Sheila, what do you think? Yeah, sure. Before we head into the episode. Okay, so um, if you could meet any writer, oh, no, sorry, there is one question we want to ask as our end okay. question. Let me go to that one. If you were to write a book about yourself, what would you name it? <laughs> I would probably name it what the same as I use for my um, email address, which is run in place. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, if that would be my memoir, that would, t that would tell you everything right there. <laughs> it's all you need to know. I but like it's it. interesting. It's kind of a play on words, too, because I'm a runner. I enjoy right. running. Okay. So, you know, I, I prefer to run outside where I'm not running in place. But, however, you know, it is a metaphor, and I think it's a, a fun metaphor, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Definitely. I like that. I like that one. Okay. So, um... We wanted to hopefully close the, pod the podcast with um, a very brief reading. Um, mm -hmm. So if you have one you'd like to share, we would love to hear it. Okay. I'm actually going to read a little bit from Seven Little Secrets. Okay, cool. It's a short little area so that people can see kind of what it sounds like. Okay. Um, it's sort of in the middle of a chapter because I wanted to get the um, this one part. But here is um, the one character Danny is talking to another girl named Gigi in this Gigi's chapter. And okay. she says, Gigi, it's me. It's not Daddy calling to make things square after all. Instead, Danny McCarthy's voice is an arrow slicing through my heart. My throat's got an invisible python squeezing it. I swallow hard. No one's ever heard me cry over weeds in my garden before, and I'm keeping it that way. It's still morning. Some people sleep in, you know. I cradle the phone under my chin. My hands are scaly as lizard leap knees, so I reach for the jar of hand cream sitting on my nightstand. Did you hear what happened? She asks, all high-pitched and nasally like she's going to sob. What? About Natalie? Her voice cracks. I drop the jar into my lap, grab the receiver with both hands, heart flopping like a fish on dry land. Oh, what? Oh, my God, Gigi. She's dead. Danny sniffles. Some hunters found her in the woods early this morning. I squeeze my eyes shut, feel them grow coal-hot beneath the lids. Keeping my voice steady, I ask, How'd she do it? Do it? What do you mean? How'd she kill herself? There's a pause, and then Danny blurts, How do you know she killed herself? I'm like a burglar, caught in a cop car's headlights. No way I can explain myself without casting a guilty shadow. Every Jane on the cheerleading squad thinks she knows the others right down to their blood type. We should. For one thing, we spend most days swapping sweat and sharing the same stale gymnasium ear. For another, Stony Grove is a small town. 4,500 people, including a bunch buried in the cemetery. You'd think we'd know each other well enough to read minds, but that's not how the Janes work. Every one of them has a secret they don't want to let out of its cage. 
even me. GG, Danny presses. A brick has sunk into my stomach. There's no fetching it out. Well, damn it, Danny. How else could she have died? Guess that satisfies her. We bawl and moan together for an hour. An hour that feels like a year of pretending. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me want to read it even more. <laughs> okay. Um, so also, as we kind of wrap up here, um, I real quick, I wanted to hear about your newest book that you're mm. working on that you're going to hopefully you're going to publish sometime in the, this year. Hopefully right? in the end, by the end of March. That's my goal. And oh, okay. That's really bone. soon. Yeah. Yeah, really soon. It's, um, it's called Knucklebone. Okay. And um, it's basically about a rebellious 16-year-old girl who is sent to live with her black sheep, Aunt Fran, and she becomes trapped in a secluded society filled with crazy criminals, haunting secrets, and deliberate traitors. Ooh. So she's in a new society that she has to try to figure herself out with. So, yep. Awesome. Pretty cool. Like a lot of fun. Well, yeah. let us know when that comes out because we'll plug it. Yay! I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, and before we say goodbye, just um, if you want to tell everybody like what your website is and any of your social media handles that you can just remember off the top of your head, and then they'll be also be on the website. Oh, sure. Yep. Um, you, you can find me at www.klgore.com. It's just klgore straight through, no dots or anything. And, and you can also find me on um, Twitter at k underscore l underscore g-o-r-e. And you can also find me, um, I have a Facebook page under KL Gore, and you can also find my um, author self on there under KL Gore and, on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you so much, Katrina and Sheila. I really appreciate it. This it has been nice great. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Until thank next you. time. All right. Sounds good. Have a nice night. You, you too. too. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Since we last interviewed Kimberly Gore, there has been an update on her launch release date for Knucklebone. The new date is scheduled for release by April 15th. So that's it for this edition of Rock Rights, where writers rock. You can learn more at rockrights.com. Join us next time when we interview Katyra Poland, where we will discuss her debut novel, Professionalism, What's That? Until next time, happy reading. <laughs>